0: Log Talks Radio. Let's get lost in a better
1: place. Pick up the world, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind in your heart. Fresh new stuff. And Jane will bring you there. So let's
0: talk about it and Hi, good morning everyone. It's sunny outside. It's forty-six degrees, but who cares? It's beautiful. And I am so excited. Lee Matthew Goldberg is here and we're gonna talk about grenade bouquets. And that is really a unique book, and I love it, and I'm glad it's the second one. I can't wait to get the third one. So, good morning, and how are you today from sunny? I think you're in New York, and I'm in Westchester somewhere. (laughs) I am
2: in New York, yes. I didn't realize it was 46 degrees. That's unfortunate, but it is sunny. Um, And, yeah, good morning to you, Fran.
0: Yeah, it's like 46 degrees out here. And don't bother me. I forgot that I needed a coat this morning. I didn't care. So... This is the second book. This is the back. Give us something about the backstory about Nico from The Runaway Train. And then sure. tell us about this one, because I really like this one even better, to be honest.
2: Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so um, it's the second book in the three-book series. I just finished the, the draft of the third book, so that's going to my okay. editors this week, um, probably for an early 2022 release. Um, and yeah, this is, uh, it's a little bit of a pivot for me. I mostly write thrillers, so this is my YA series, um, and it follows uh, a 16-year-old girl. Unfortunately, her sister passes away, and she kind of starts to go down like a dark path, um, grieving about um, the loss, and her parents aren't really there for her, um, and she is, it takes place in the 90s, and she loves, loves grunge music and Kurt Cobain, and her dream is to become uh, a singer in a band and meet him. And in the, with the encouragement of her friends, she kind of takes off and runs away um, to pursue that dream. And along the way, um, uses it as a way of kind of getting over the, the loss and following her own dreams.
0: Well, nothing ever goes perfectly, but my niece is going into music. She has a, she had a song drop on our, on January first. She's got another one dropping in a couple of weeks. Oh, it's awesome! Not a hard business. Congrats. Yeah, she yeah. is, and uh, the first one is called Eat Your Heart Out, it's cool, this one is called Where You At, and I haven't heard it yet, but I can't wait to hear it, it should be interesting, but I try to explain nice. to her that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, and it might help if you learn yeah. songwriting, but whenever. So tell us about her yeah, friendship kind of with Winter and Jeremy. Yeah, it's hard, this is not easy, mm-hmm. right?
2: Right, right. Um, say the question again, I'm sorry.
0: Tell us about her friendship with Winter, I like Winter, and Jeremy, but it sort of sure. gets a little rocky there. So,
2: yeah, uh, they, I would say, like, their trio, they consider themselves the outcasts at school, um, they're juniors, and they don't really fit in with, like, you know, the jocks, the theater kids and everything, so they make their own little little trio. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the, their activities revolves around, you know, drinking and smoking pot, um, Mm -hmm. and basically just listening to the music of their favorite grunge heroes from the era. Um, But the relationship can be a little rocky, too. There's definitely um, Nico, the main character, thinks that the two of them are going to run away with her and help Mm -hmm. her go on this journey. And when they decide not to... It kind of causes a little rift in the friendship um, Mm. because Nico's afraid of doing it on her own, um, even though it winds up being better for her in the the long run.
0: Why is it, you know, I heard what you said about pot and drugs and stuff like that. I majored in Mm. music in college, and you had to be careful as to which practice room you got because if the practice room didn't have windows, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this this was not that long ago, and I'm going, like, why are people smoking in there and making me sick? And a couple of times I couldn't even practice because it was so bad. So why mm-hmm. did Nico join the Grenade Bouquets, and who are the members? And how did you get that name? Seriously.
2: Yeah, so um, in the first book, kind of halfway, she meets um, a bunch of kids at the University of Oregon, She's driving up to Seattle, and they're in a band called Grenade Bouquets. I'm trying to think where the name came from. Um, I, I, it was one of those things, like, I had about five different titles of what the band would be, and that was mm. just popping in my head, and it had just a really cool image, like, instead of a bouquet of flowers, you like a bouquet of grenades, and it went along with, like, the rock and roll aesthetic and kind of the grunge um, aesthetic that I was looking for. Um, so, in the first book, um, they're they're really just starting out, and Nico, you know, does a guest spot on a couple of songs, and it helps her, you know, get out of her shell. Um, and the second book's a lot different. So, in the second book, the band really starts getting traction, and they get signed by a label, and they're on MTV, mm-hmm. and so the second book's really about the um, sort of the rise and fall <clears throat> of this band. Um, where you know they have a hit and you think everything's going great but there's a lot of internal problems within the band that forces them to kind of um you know face the music basically
0: well you know it's 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 amazing what i listen to voice oh god and i listen to american idol and i listen to all these songs and they're all about the same thing, relationships that going bad, and some of the words. And yeah. I listen to The Voice. I actually tape Voice because I have my own team. I I think it's fun just to play along, and I don't see anybody out there that that's that great this year, not at all. Yeah, I don't see anything never, that's that fantastic. Never seen, Which,
2: I've never seen The Voice, but I don't think it's made any like superstars. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah um but you know for her this is always a dream and then in the third book um the third book takes place in the present time and in the past and nico's an adult she has a daughter um and nico goes missing and the daughter um through her old diary entries revisits everybody in nico's life to get a clue about where she's gone um and they don't mm. know if like you know, music was too much for her, if she needed a break, if something happened. So the third book has a little bit more of like a thriller feel to it, which is a little bit, you know, more my wheelhouse. Um, But, yeah, they were fun series to write. I, you know, I'm not a 16-year-old girl, so it was a challenge to write in that perspective. Um, But I like challenges, and I feel like I learned a lot about my own writing style, that um, I I could hear from thrillers and still... Make really great books as well.
0: It is a, you have a, definitely a different writing style. I could tell that after reading thousands yeah, of yeah. books and losing my mind completely. But each yeah. chapter was the name of another band. How come?
2: Yeah. So um, before Nico's sister pass, passes away suddenly, it's her mm.
1: sister's
2: birthday, and as a gift, she wanted to give her a mixtape. You know, back in the nineties, like when I was a teen. Um, that was like a big thing. You'd make a mixtape of all your favorite songs and give them to a friend. Um, So her sister was Mm. really into kind of like shiny happy pop at the time, like Mariah Carey and Ace of Base. And Nico loved Nirvana, Curl Jam, Soundgarden. So she made a mixtape for her um, to kind of get her into this music. And the sister passes away. So each Mm. chapter is a song of that mixtape. And then the song correlates basically what's going on with her in her life at that moment. So, um, you know, for example, like, there's the Smashing Pumpkin song, Today, Today is the Greatest Day I've Ever Known. So that, in that chapter, she has this sort of epiphany that even though things were hard, you know, before, you know, every day could be a new day. So she, she uses the music really as, um, like, a, like, a way to self-search and, and um, you know, get through all the problems in her life.
0: It's too bad you couldn't play the music in the book. <laughs> yeah, but I I,
2: I do have I made Spotify playlists for each of the books. So very easily oh, good. if somebody likes Yeah, if somebody likes the the books, just type in the you know, the title of the um the book and it'll come up on a Spotify playlist. And I've had a lot of readers both like readers, you know, older who were teens at that time that, you know, the music's like reliving their youth. And I've had a lot of younger Mm -hmm. readers, too, that use the songs as a way to get into music that they had not really known too much about before. So that was really my goal. You know, I I love that era, and I love grunge music. And um, I hadn't read a book about that era before. Like, it didn't really exist in in fiction. Uh, So it was really cool to kind of bring it to life.
0: That's interesting. So what happens when she sees Clarissa? Hmm. And how did you create the yeah. tension between them? And what does Clarissa try to make clear? Oh, she's, she's definitely no one on the one you want to cross. That's a shock. Oh, boy.
2: Yeah. So Clarissa is, was originally the lead singer of Grenade Bouquets and was dating the, um, the guitarist, Evan. And when Nico comes along into the picture, she starts dating Evan, and she wants to be the lead singer. So she kind of nudges Clarissa out, mostly because Nico is mm. really the one with the talent. He's really got the pipe. And Clarissa was more like, you know, she's a decent voice, but nothing amazing. So mm. when they're playing a show um, and A&R guy notices them, it's Nico <clears throat> who he really notices, not Clarissa. Um, so slowly she gets nudged out of the band. And obviously this is not something that Clarissa is going to, you know, take lightly. So it causes this real tension between them. And Clarissa also pops back up in, in the third book. All the characters pop up in the third book as adults as well. It's interesting to see sort of, you know, over the 20 years, like what's happened to their life and where they are and how the decisions that they made back then really charted a different path for each of them. Um, And every book needs kind of like a villain foil. So, you know, Clarissa's that for this book.
0: So as a backup singer on stage... Um, what have, what ha, what's her role and what happens when she does go on stage and she sort of gets the spotlight? Yeah,
1: and, so, I
2: mean, originally hmm. in the first book, Nico's never sang outside of the shower, so um, there's a big moment in the first book where she gets pulled up to an open mic night and she sings a Tori Amos song and, like, blows everybody hmm. away, and, and herself, too, and, you know, finds that... Um, you know, like passion inside herself. So it's the thing. Yeah, in the second book, she's already played a couple sets at some like divey clubs, um, so she's more used to it. But in the second book too, as the band really accelerates, she starts playing like arenas and shows. And you know, even though she's nervous, she's so so talented that the talent kind of outweighs that, and she moves from a backup singer to the lead singer. You know, in the band, which you know is basically her path all along. That like, you know, she's so talented that somehow this would have happened in some form, and this was just the way that it wound up.
0: Now this post pers- this is my- person is my favorite because I had an aunt Tommy that used to keep me straight. Mm-hmm. So tell us about, yeah, you, you didn't mess with Aunt Tommy. she smack you up your side of your head if you do the right thing. <laughs> and she, she she made me outspoken, and she explained to me, okay. if you don't speak That's out for yourself, you're going to get nowhere. You're going to get stepped on. So this girl knows. So tell us about her yeah. relationship with her parents. But Aunt Carly, Aunt Carly mm-hmm. always takes her side, and I love Aunt yeah. Carly.
2: Yeah, Aunt Carly was a really fun character to create. So, you know, her parents, it's easy to blame them because they're a little, yeah. they're neglectful. The father works a lot. They're in the process of a divorce. They're they're in the process of this, like what would be a separation in the first novel and in the second novel a full divorce. Uh, but a lot of it also centers around that they lost a child. So um, they were in they weren't equipped to deal with that pain and mm. also still parent their other child. So. You know, and it's, I think things are a little different now, you know, in terms of, mm. like, therapy and things like that, as opposed to the 90s. So they, they never really talked about it then. It kind of was just something that happened, and then they, you know, try to move mm. on from it. Um, and Nico, you know, really felt neglected. She just felt like, nobody's nope hearing me. I lost my sister. You know, I'm I'm not really able to, like, talk about that with my parents. And Aunt Carly lives in Ojai, California, so Ojai is very, like, you know, like hippy-dippy crystal. Um, And Mm -hmm. she's just very different from the parents. She is all about, you know, like feelings and music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she lives this very bohemian lifestyle. So she's always been an outlet for Nico when Nico doesn't feel like anybody listens to her really or she doesn't have anything in common with anybody. And Carly is the one that kind of takes her under her wing. And she's, in the first book, the one that really kind of pushes this narrative to follow her dream. You know, mm. even though you running away from home is not a good thing, um, if she would have stayed at home, worse things would have happened. So, in this instance, she needed to kind of take off and discover herself. Um, and Ann Carly is like the impetus.
0: Well, my sister died 11 years ago. Oh, and I'm sorry. It's hard- Yeah, out of nowhere. We're not really sure what happened. Oh, man. Oh, no. But her husband never called 911 for 27 minutes. There's a whole question mark there that no one wants uh, to answer. So I understand how you feel. she felt about it because sometimes you just don't want to talk about it. And yeah. that's the reason why this radio station is called MJ Network after my sister, Marsha Joyce. Mm,
1: okay. And I felt that I how else mm. can
0: you keep somebody alive if you don't right, do something right. to keep them alive? So that's this in my crazy magazine. So I agree mm. with her. Yeah. So what is her yeah, relationship I mean, with... I wrote
1: this- it's,
0: it's like, a scary. Little,
2: like, my father was passing away when I wrote these books, um, so, mm. yeah, I mean, it, I wasn't going through exactly what Nico was going through, mm. but I needed an outlet to, like, express yeah. my emotion and deal with the loss, you know, my, my father was 90 when he passed, he had a very, very full life, but, um, you know, it was still it was a difficult thing to kind of go through. Um, and mm-hmm. for me, my books were this and the ancestor I was writing around the same time, and they both were really therapy. Those books are really about like loss and dealing with loss and how we move on from it as well so you know they'll they 'll always have like a special place in my heart you know and um kind of you know help me remember in some ways and I look at it the same way that they're they're like a continuation of
0: him well that's important because everybody mm-hmm. forgets. Who, one of the teachers in my school that I worked with for a hundred years died in April, and just people just said, "Okay, that's great." I said, "No, it's not." I said he yeah. did so much for so many people. They thought I was sure. crazy. I went and I made them and my students who loved me. I made them send me memories of him, and I created a memory book that's great. all by myself. Yeah. I did, yeah. and I gave it to anybody that wanted it. it cost me whatever it cost mm-hmm. me to get the publisher to do it. Right, but you know what? It kept his memory alive because you know what? Mm-hmm. People forget, and he—without him, I don't think I would have survived a day. I mean, I'm a little you know, person, and I, I absolutely, it, it, yeah. You—you you gotta. So she—she she had a relationship with Evan, of course. And Korsa hates her for mm-hmm. it. But Nico has the edge on the spotlight. How did that change the dynamics with the band? Because Clue is a poor thing. I felt bad for her in a sense, but what can you do?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I labeled her as, like, the villain, but she's she's really more the antagonist. Like, you know, she didn't want this outcome ultimately, too. Um, And in a lot of ways, Nico pushes her out of it so like she's a little bit the villain herself um yeah the mm-hmm. dynamics are really tough you know nico is you know 17 when the band forms. everybody else in the band is in uh, freshman in college so they're 18 19 um and even though that's only a year you know there's a huge difference in just experience and life experience um so they see nico is this young you know whatever dating evan and is you know all ultimately now the face of the band. So the other two bandmates, these two guys who played bass and, and drums, um, they're not happy with Nico getting the attention. And that A lot of the book is really about, um, you know, the the dissolvement of the band. You know, they hit these great highs, but it followed... Mm-hmm. And if you ever remember that show, Behind the Music, it used to be on VH1, where it would be like you'd see the heights of the band, and then something would happen, and you'd see them kind of, you know, plummet into... Um, so yeah, basically, you know, Nico is, is is the root of the band becoming successful and the root of the band falling apart as well.
0: Well a lot of them I felt when I was reading this had a lot of needing for self esteem. It's sort of like it had to make them feel better about themselves. So a lot yeah. of people just have poor self esteem when they start to do this and she mm-hmm. had it before and then Clarissa and then they will sort of Felt that they have to make themselves number one. Yet you don't have to be number one. The purpose of the band is to be like a group, but they didn't want that. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, also, you know, here we are. We're in, you know, the mid-ish 90s. Um, The idea of a girl coming in and the girl being the face of the band and the guys being the background Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, you Mm -hmm. had a few of them, but it wasn't sort of the norm. You know, nowadays, something more that's just been happening a lot more you know but back then um you know i think they were just kind of blown away they were like who is this little girl kind of taking over everything but again she's really the talent the other ones are basically talented but they're not masters with their craft and nico really has a voice that like deserves to be you know the focus
0: she could probably blah blah she doesn't even need the band So, how did they become involved with, yeah, yeah, she doesn't need the band, basically, she's good, but, so how did she become involved with Grouch Records, and who's in charge of that, and how did that change the band?
2: Yeah, so, um, they're playing a set, and at at that time, they're really just doing covers, so she's doing a cover of um, the whole song Violet, Um, you know, Courtney Loves Band from the 90s, and she, you know, an A&R guy from Grouch is, you know, in the, in the audience and he sees Nico and he sees mad money, you know, coming out of it and yeah. pretty much signs them right away. Um, uh, but there's, a, he's a little bit of a shady guy. So like, you, you know, you kind of get the sense you never mm-hmm. really is the band's It's just at heart. It's all about sort of the money. Um, and, you know, that kind of further leads to this, you know, the dissolvement of the band as well
0: you got to be careful before you sign something or before you go with someone. So many times these people yeah. jump into things that they don't think of the the long-term sure. or, the, or yeah. the consequences. And yeah.
1: again,
2: you know, these are kids that are 17, 18 years old. Yeah, it's I know. like, who wouldn't, kind of. Um, and they do well for the. I mean, you know, the band gets on MTV, and you know, it's better than they were before. Um, but the, the company's really not, like I said, they don't really have their best interests at heart.
0: Now, this made me very really upset. Why does Winter mm-hmm. try to take her life, and she goes home, and how does she react when she sees Nico? And I can understand why yeah. she left. Good for her.
2: Right, right. So, you know, Winter is one of those people is uh, sometimes described as like their flame burns too high or too strong. It's like she's always pushing the envelope in terms of things. She's a very mm-hmm. overdramatic person, um, and she has a mom – Who's very lackadaisical, um, so the mom isn't always noticing, you know, like red flags that are happening. So you know, Winter starts seeing this older guy who's out of high school while she's in high school. He is in a biker, you know, gang, and she just kind of goes down this path. In the first book, it's Nico who really, you know, hits rock bottom, and. There's a line, I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing of it, but, you know, basically Winter says, like, I'm not ready to do that yet. Like, that, that's not me. And in the second book, that really becomes her. So she sleeps, she's sleeping with this guy, and she gets an AIDS scare. He tests positive for, for HIV. And that kind of, you know, just plummets her down this dark path.
0: And mm. then Nico
2: is the one that, like, runs into save heart where the roles were kind of reversed, um, in the first book. Um, yeah, winter of of all the characters, I think she's, she's my favorite because, um, Mm. you know, you know, heart, she's she's a good person. She's a good soul, but she's just so like, you know, she's so like, I'm trying to think of the, the phrase, like, she can go any which way, like the wind can kind of carry her. Whatever that cliche mm-hmm. is, you know, she, yeah, she's just not grounded. She's not a grounded person um, and, and and really goes on, like, a very dark journey in the second book um, where, yeah, she tries to take her life.
0: It just bothers me because all I hear in the news is kids cyber, cyber bullies and killing themselves right. and mm-hmm. parents not realizing it. You know, I had an overprotective mother that knew everything I did. I think I had to write out of every yeah. day. I mean, I used to say to her, you know, you're a little bit too much, but maybe that's the way you have to be. You have to really be aware. And, you know, I know as an educator, if a student came mm. into class that usually was, none of my kids were bad, ever. They knew better. Mm. But if somebody all of a sudden started to act out, I'd get nervous and say, okay, what's going on? You have right. to be aware of changes of personality, or if somebody that mm-hmm. was outgoing and answer questions just to sit in the back of the room and say nothing. I'm going to find mm-hmm. out why. You go, you yeah, do it because no, you I have mean, to.
2: It, it's so important, especially like what you said. You know, obviously the parents need to be the first ones. They're the ones with the child. But if you have yeah. parents that are neglectful,
1: or not even feeling uh-huh.
2: neglectful, but just it's like they can't see the forest for the trees, like with the kid. Um, You know, then the next step is a teacher that potentially notices, you know, here in in this book series, the books always pretty much take place in the summertime, A, because I didn't really want to deal with, like, high school life. It just didn't really interest me to write about. Um, So, you know, all the books take place in, in the summer. So, unfortunately, you have these, you know, traumatic dramas happening to the characters, outside of the school year, you don't have teachers kind of being able to step in and mm-hmm. notice things. And then if the parents aren't, you know, the kids are, and it was a very sort of 90s thing, you know, it was around the time of like latchkey kids and
0: you had mm-hmm. kids
2: kind of like spending for their own. Both parents were working in households, which maybe not was the case in the 70s and the 80s where a parent was home. So you, you had these kids that kind of started to like grow up on their own. You know, cyberbullying wasn't a thing yet. You know, the the internet wasn't obviously what it was now, um, but that still existed at the school. And if a kid felt alone, you know, you could you could look at the internet. That, you know, now we like, yeah, there's cyberbullying, but it also offers a place for kids to go to. You know, if they are feeling alone, there's there's a way of, like, meeting people that way and other kids mm. like them. You know, in the 90s, that really – you didn't have that option. So if, if you didn't have, like, a core friendship where you were from, that was it. You're just in your room alone, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, like, it, it, it was a hard time um, if, if a kid was struggling.
0: It, it's sad, I know, because – I mean, I had kids. who came? One one little girl came up and said to me, "I don't know if you're going to believe me, but my aunt is abusing me." And she explained, mm-hmm. and I said, mm. "I have by I have you have by law to report it." I could have just said, "Okay, whatever." Right. I was right. unfortunately the mother wanted to came in and wanted to kill me, but I was right. Um, oh I had man. no idea that the, yeah that the kid what the aunt was doing to the girl and the girl said to me you probably saved my life I said because I have a big mouth and I'm not going to stop until I and I, said, I told the mother I said if I'm wrong I will publicly apologize to you
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I was never. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's no that's the that's the sad part thing. because I
0: mean. if you don't know the if you don't know the triggers and if you don't really care I mean I. Had my 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 morning group came in at six thirty in the morning to have reading, so there was a problem. Yeah, you're <laughs> gonna tell me, you're gonna wake me up first bring me my coffee. But when yeah. she returns to when she returns to L.A., what happens? And she sees Clarissa. So how does that work out with the band? With her, does they force her out, or does she part of the band, or does she get in back? Nothing. Does she go in the back? With Clarissa, you
2: know? mean. Yeah. 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 So, Clarissa. Um, yeah. She basically. They, they can't have two lead singers. Like, it's, it's, it, it, the band isn't, yeah. you know, set up that way. Like, it's not ABBA or anything like that. Like, you, they, they don't need two lead singers. Um, so they basically make this choice. And it, it's really not up to them. It's the record executives are like, this other girl's not doing anything for this band. Like, they kind of make the call. And then Clarissa obviously blames the whole band and her ex, Evan, and mostly, you know, Nico for pushing her out. <laughs> and then uh later in the book she finds a kind of a different way back in so their manager um, Lacey is is a lesbian and Larissa starts dating her she she kind of worms her way back into the band you know in in her own way um uh to Nico's dismay because she doesn't want anything to do with her
0: So it's it's like hmm before i forget I don't want to forget my mind. Tomorrow
1: mm-hmm.
0: at 10, Vincent and Frank Scuffo. We're going to talk about the anthology that Frank created. And anything else that comes up in the conversation, because who knows? It's going to be interesting. On the 25th, uh, Dr. Maxine nice. Thompson. Yeah, you're going to join that one, too? <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Uh, this is a
2: good friend of mine. Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to tomorrow, but please tell him hi for me.
0: I have no idea what they're going to talk about, but whatever. Yeah, And It'll be a the good 25th, one. Uh, Dr. Maxine Thompson Maxine is a black author, a very powerful publisher And she lived in the white family for a year So she's going to talk about lineage On the 26th, barring any technical difficulties The author of Redemptions And on the 28th, give us your worst and your best They're supposed to be there at 10 o'clock And you will be joining us on November 2nd We're a panel show on reviews mm-hmm. And anything else that comes yes. up in anybody's mind Yes, yeah, who knows I, Me too And on the 4th, Marilyn Levinson And that's just part of Don't forget Dick Belsky is coming on on the 17th For The Silent Island Oh my god, you've got to read that It is scary mm. And for those of you who haven't Who's read Silent Dennis Palumbo's today? Panic Attack Panic Attack, when you read it, it's great So.
2: The, what was the book again?
0: Panic of. Uh, uh, which one uh, what, what am I talking about? Yeah um, the one, the one that's gonna be, uh, panic attack is by uh, Dennis uh, Palumbo. That, that is great. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. I, He's a great
0: writer. That is yeah, that's fantastic. I, said, I just finished Echoes of the Dead. Oh my God, that was such a me by accident. That was yeah. Those are really I get all of them. You never know what I'm gonna read. And then there's a few that you don't right. want to read. Seriously. <laughs> so after Clarissa returns, what changes in Nico, and why all of a sudden? T this this is true. Because mm-hmm. I mean, majoring in music, I know a lot of people went to drugs, alcohol, and cigarettes, and oh God, not me. And you went to parties yeah. and frat parties, and that was the main thing. Why? What changes in Nico? And why did they all go to drugs, alcohol, and cigarettes? What do they make think that that's going to help them escape to the escape to another planet?
2: Yeah. So I mean, in the first book, she has some, you know, out, She doesn't have heavy drug issues, but
1: mm. she
2: supplements the loss of her sister with. You know, pot and alcohol, basically. Um, and then there's a scene where somebody gives her a pill that you know mm. is, is suspect later on that she takes, and she kind of go. That's her like rock bottom in the first book. So Julie has a propensity for it. You know, it's kind of you know innate within her to go down that path. And like, look, every band, especially in the '90s, especially these grunge bands. You know, if you if you look now so few of them made it out of it alive. Like, you have Eddie Vedder, who's still alive, Courtney Love, and Billy Corgan. Almost at the end, you know, Kurt Cobain died, Chris Cornell died, Scott Weiland died, you know, Alice mm. in Chains, two of them. So there really was this, like, you know, propensity for, for you know, drugs, very heavy drugs in that era. Um, music was about that, you know, it was about kind of, you know, disillusionment, disfranchisement. Um, and so Nico goes down that path. Um, you know, as the book opens with her at her worst, and then it kind of dials back, and you see the steps mm-hmm. that lead her to where she is. Um, and, you know, it's something that in, in third book, as an adult, she's still dealing with. Um, and I wanted mm-hmm. to make it realistic as possible. You know, a lot of times it's like, and then the book ends, and they, she's all better. And it's like, well, that's not... Always realistic, you know. A lot of times, um, issues start at a teen, you know, when somebody is a teen, and they carry on into adulthood. So, you know, Nico experiences that as well, where you know it's it's something that she for her whole life will always be, and you find out that she's been kind of in and out of rehab you know, in between you know, when the second and third book happened in those in those years. And her daughter in the third book is very different. Her daughter is very, you know, straight edge. She doesn't touch drugs and alcohol because she saw what mm. it meant to her mom, you know, and you know, the book isn't, like, against alcohol it's in any way, shape, or form, um, you know. It works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. It's sort of just, like, your DNA and, you know, if you're mm. able to handle it or if you take it to, like, you know, the dark edge.
0: Well, some people take it to escape, and then it destroys them, and they don't even realize it's happening at the same time. It's scary.
2: Yeah, I'm not a big drinker, but I do smoke pot, and I find for myself it helps, you know, be creative. I live in the middle of New York City. You know, you kind of chill a little bit. So it works for me, you know, but it's not for everybody. Nothing's for everybody, you know, and it's all about a balance.
0: My favorite drink is coffee, just black coffee, and I feel so wonderful. I get yeah, up in the morning, radical. and if I, I don't have my coffee, coffee, you can't, you can't speak to me ever. Oh, yeah, really? sometimes okay. I overdo it though. I'm terrible. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, coffee know, make, you, keeps me calm, needs, keeps me happy.
2: Everybody needs some type of vice in life. You know, and
0: yeah, I'll settle for coffee. <laughs> it's,
2: yeah, it's all about how you're able to manage that. Cause, you know, it, it gives you so much pleasure to take that out of, you know, your existence. The, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, hopefully you're able to manage it. You don't drink 10 cups a day. Like That's, that's, that's sort of the, the golden rule.
0: Well, if I have my coffee, and since I'm allergic to real milk, I can't have um, cheesecake or any ice cream and stuff like that. It really makes life hard. What can I tell you? That's probably I'm just saying, but have you ever. tried a lot of
1: these, like,
2: like yeah. almond ice cream, almond milk ice creams, and ha- have you tried those?
1: Yeah.
0: You know something? I've never tried the almond milk ice cream. I tried almond milk yogurt and hate it, and my husband just bought me almond milk, so I have to try the almond yeah. milk ice cream and see. But if it has soy, I can't have it. If it has no soy, yeah, then I might the actually try wine.
2: There, there are, like, almond milk ice cream, cashew milk ice cream.
0: You really don't notice
2: the difference, and it's easier on your tummy.
0: I have to find coffee almond milk ice cream that has no soy. I, I deserve something. It's out there. It's so totally
1: out there. When does yeah. she
0: realize she might need to change? Because, you know, you know, I grew up in whatever era, and people did mm-hmm. take drugs, and people drank, and people got stoned, and people went to parties, and people got people drunk and they didn't even know they were getting drunk because so they spiked their drinks. So what happens sure, when yeah. she realizes she has to change and Winter needs her? So what does she realize yeah. that her friendship with her matters more than everything else, or it should matter? Yeah,
2: that's a great that's a great point. So, you know, that Winter really serves as sort of, even though you think of it that, like, Winter is even worse off and Nico saves her, Nico needing to save winter is what saves Nico because she mm-hmm. sees winter at her worst. And in her mind, she's like, I can never let myself get like that. You know, that, mm-hmm. that takes too far. Um, and she drops everything. So she's about to, you know, I think she's on a tour at the time. She's about to play big show and she leaves it all to rush back to her friend winter. Um, and, and because, More than anybody else, she feels like she could be the one to, like, really talk to her and save her. Um, And even though Winter, in that scene, like, kind of, you know, brushes her off, um, Mm. you you get the sense that it, it was needed for her, that she needed to feel like somebody cared about her that much.
0: What about Jeremy? What happens with him? Because isn't he close with Winter?
2: Yeah, yeah, so, you know, Jeremy... Jeremy is a little bit like the comic relief in, in all the books.
0: I like funny. <laughs> he always
2: is quick. He has, like, a quick thing to say. But he's also going through his own stuff. You know, he's, yeah. he's gay in the mid-'90s in, you know, small town. It, well, they're in L.A., but, like, you know, they're they're at, like, a small school. So he doesn't really know how to fit in either. And, you know, through the books, mm. he kind of becomes more, um, you know, like comfortable with himself. And more than anybody he's the one that's like the most there for Nico because he and Nico don't ever have, you know, I think it's different. It's like Nico and winter, they're both girls. So they have a little bit of that, like competitive nature in their friendship. Um, and with Jeremy, it's, it's just not the case. So more than anybody, Jeremy's really the person that like Nico could rely on. And in the third book, um, especially, you know, you, you learn that like over the years, Nico and winter's friendship, dissolved a little bit like they kept in touch but they weren't like the close close friend and that jeremy is really kind of her closest friend in life because they never have issues where like nico and winter were always they always are like pushing each other kind of who like, can go closer to the edge almost um so yeah he's, he's a he's a fun character he's a really you know in the dark moments of the book he's the one to like have a quick line to like make people laugh
0: well, I like him. Does she ever have a better relationship with her parents? Do they ever realize that yeah. she's who she is? And, I mean, because her sister died, she just feels like she didn't count. And her, right, it's you know. Her it, fault. It,
2: at the end of the first book, they, they really have, like, a heart-to-heart. They're obviously upset with her for running away, but yeah. they start to get to what the root of that was and realize that, you know, they were a little bit to blame for that as well. So they start mm-hmm. to kind of talking. A little bit and in the second book it really opens with them kind of in a good place like you know the parents are supportive of Nico you know going on this musical journey you, you know I think they're hesitant because she, she's 17 she's going off on her own but she's still passionate about this she hasn't been passionate about something in a long time her sister died so they don't want to be the one to like neglect her dreams or anything so I think their relationship is in, a, is, is in a good place, you know, for, for a good part of the second book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the third book you learn in, in life, it, it doesn't just stay that way. So they have their kind of values. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's something really honest about, I think, like, you know, parents and children, especially as the children become adults. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times, like, they're really just different people. You obviously love your, your parent, your child. But as a Mm -hmm. friend, it it doesn't always work completely. So I think that's what starts to happen. The parents marry other people, so they start kind of new lives. Once again, Nico is kind of like, let's drift off on her own.
0: I understand. You know, my sister was my best friend. You know, you Mm -hmm. always get one person in your family, you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're in a bad mood and something's wrong. Yeah. She was the one. Yeah. And she did oh. it back to me too. As a matter of fact, she ran a, um, an orthopedic surgeon's office, and I wish mm-hmm. she was here now. And she would call me. It was just, she would call me at 7 o'clock in the morning. My mom had Alzheimer's. She said, did you give mm-hmm. mom her medicine? I go, it's a funny thing, Marsha. I forgot, just like she forgets. I forgot you have to come right, and do right. it. I, there was no, there's nobody to band her back and forth. She had a warped sense of humor, and I hadn't even... Mm-hmm. We were, it, was, it was hilarious. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's what kept kept me going for the eight years I had to take care of my mom. But you, you just do. Yeah. So relationships right, sure. change. I know, over the years, and mm-hmm. it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So in the mm-hmm. middle of she's dating Evan. So how, is mm-hmm. she still dating him? Is he coming yeah, back? Yeah,
2: so, yeah, I mean, their relationship also goes through ups and downs. I mean, it has to also just to keep some of the drama in the book. Evan is just a really kind soul. So he kind of exists as the perfect person for Nico at that time. But again, Nico's mm. 17. So what does she really know about like love and relationships and everything? Mm. So,
1: you
2: know, she has a tendency to sabotage everything, which kind of harkens back to the name of the book and the name of the band, Grenade Bouquet. is like, mm. she'll be the one to blow things up, you know, for her own life mm. and her own relationships. And she'll admit that, you know, like at this, you know, the second book is really about her learning that about herself and understanding it. And I think that's really important because it 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 for the future it, it, it potentially lets her like put out inspires fires that she starts herself. But yeah, Evan is just like the good guy in the situation. Um you know, he's very chill and he resembles Kirk Cobain a little bit, so he's kind of for ultimate guy. Um and he was he was just a fun character to write. He was just a good person.
0: Well, this is the part that I like the best that brought the tears. Besides mm-hmm. where do you see Nico next? How did you create the song for winter? My favorite part yeah. is the song Ready to Guide, which I read several times. And quite, that's oh, why I'm so aggravated I can't find the book, is how much I miss right. my sister. How did you create mm-hmm. the words and what was the inspiration? Because that really was so perfect at the end. It couldn't have been any more perfect.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, maybe I have a, a future as a songwriter <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. It, both of the songs came really easily. I wrote them very, very fast. Ready to Guide, there's this song by, um, it was an 80s song by the Psychedelic Purse called The Ghost in You,
1: mm.
2: and The Counting Crows, who I love, The Counting Crows um, did, like, a cover of it, and I heard it, and I just thought of, like, you know, mm. the idea of keeping the ghost of somebody that you love, in, in, you know, inside of you at all times, and having that kind of be your guide, you know, your your compass point, almost. So you know, for Nico, her, her sister, her sister is a character throughout the first book. You know, her ghost appears mm-hmm. a lot and gives her advice and helps her out. And in the second book, she does less, which is you know just healthy. Like you can't have that all the time, so she kind of finds a balance with that. Um, so in, in you know, in the first book, she guides her. In the second book, the song she writes about winter is you know, after winter, um, you know, tries to take her own life, and it's really about you know, somebody like Winter who, 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 like I was kind of trying to say before, um, she like burns too hot almost. She lives so like on Mm -hmm. the edge and so crazy. And a lot of times those people flame out really fast. It's like they live too, they live too hard almost. Um, So the song is really about that. And um, I'm trying to remember like where the lyrics came from. I think I just sat down and... It was in like 10 minutes Like the lyrics just kind of flowed out of me Um yeah, it was cool to, to write two songs um, And kind of hear in my own head um, mm-hmm. Like how they would sound if somebody was singing them um,
0: Yeah I agree, it's good, beautiful I, I definitely, Thank you But you know, sometimes like Nico and myself and anybody Even you, sometimes you close your eyes And you hear the words of the person that you missed that is missing mm-hmm. in your life telling you that you could do this, you can get ahead, you, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. You just don't mm-hmm. know why the voice comes into your head. It does. <laughs> so happy. Yeah. Say, okay, yeah. yeah. It, it's not crazy, I know. It's just great. It just matters because you want to know that that person is not really gone. They're just watching over you. And I know in the morning yeah. when I see the clouds are pink, I know that she's there. I know that sounds weird, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're there. No, so, that does not whitty? sound
2: weird at all. I, whatever somebody uses in life to kind of remember yeah. somebody I think is great. You know, like, and, you know, for, for Nico, she relies on it a little too much in the first book and she yeah. finds that healthy balance in the second book where, you know, she doesn't need to ask her sister's ghost for every kind of question, how to figure out yeah. something in her life. It's first, you know, the, the big things kind of. Um, and I mean, something that I've, I've myself dealing with, you know, like, how to continue a relationship with my father after he's passed? You know, I, I, I it's like a new relationship that you're forming, where you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm learning to to get into a place where I'm comfortable to talk to him. I haven't quite gotten there. It happens a little bit, but it's, it's mm-hmm. something I'm kind of seeking out in terms of how to kind of go about that.
0: So, what is next for you besides the third book? When are you writing another yeah. murder mystery to scare me?
2: <laughs> um, so I, I just finished uh, a, a, a thriller. It's not a scary thriller. Um,
0: it's
1: just mm.
2: a little bit more comedic. It's about a family of Jewish bank robbers in the 1980s. Oh, nice. <laughs> and they, the father loses all the money he works uh, you know, on Wall Street. They lose all their money in the stock market crash in 1987. And the only thing that's not repossessed is their family RV. So they take off in the RV and just to make a little money here and there, like, you know, steal from a convenience store. And they realize that they're really good at it. And then they start hitting banks and they realize that they're really good at that. And they become like the most notorious bank robbers of the 1980s. Um, and it's told through the middle child's perspective because it's a very exciting time in his life, obviously. But he's old enough where he also starts to realize, like, this is really effed up. And, you know, my mm. parents are insane. Um, uh, so it's a really cool book. It's called The Great Gilman. So I just finished it. My agent's actually going out with it this week to editors. Um,
1: so mm. send good
2: energy to that. Um, and see what happens next um, with it. Yeah.
0: Are you using, um, not using the independent publisher, using somebody else, right? That's the other question.
2: Um, so this one, we're sending it to big publishers. Um, you know, my, my novel, The Mentor, was was published at a big press. Others have been indie, um, but I'd like to get back to big presses, also because I would like a little money in I my pocket. Um, yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
2: So I think this one is commercial enough. A lot. It's very hard. I feel like with big publishers, a lot of my books yeah, are no. like a noir, um, and. It's like a smaller market. I feel like this book is, is is a thriller, but it's also about like family and tradition and Judaism, and it has slightly bigger themes that I think are a lot more accessible. Um, so yeah, I would love to deal with like Random Penguin, you know, like all, all of those. We'll see what happens. You know, it, it it literally is about to go out today, tomorrow, the next day, um, and yeah, fingers crossed.
0: I hope so. You know, because I use—I won't say what it is—the um, the independent publisher. It costs a lot of money to get the book done, and they did absolutely nothing to promote it, nothing whatsoever. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had good indie.
2: You know, they did nothing. The indie I've had I've had good indie publishers where, you know, my my YA series is an indie publisher, and they've really been fantastic with helping promotion. I've done a lot on my own as well. I think that's sort of the thing that authors need to understand even in a big press you know like when i was at st martin's i don't know that st martin's did that that much more than indie publishers that i've worked with so you kind of learn like okay i need to kind of take the reins a little bit um but i it's more that i would like something where i get an advance (laughs) so like that that's what i'm going for with with
0: I have Karen Vaughn, she's on Facebook And Southern Owl for $110 A year They promote all of my titles And they promote them one one a week and They're doing a great job I'll tell you something, mm-hmm. it's worth it They're really yeah. great And they're also going to do my I have to announce this um, In mm-hmm. December, but I will not give away who We'll get the Just Reviews Annual, uh, annual Awards For the best whatever category I stick your book in no, do it every year. Oh, awesome.
1: And if progress
0: yeah. can give awards and publishes weekly, Just Reviews gives awards, too, and I make a big deal out of it, and everybody gets a certificate and everything. And Karen Vaughn is doing them for me because I tagged her yesterday, and I said, please nice. do this for me because I can't do it myself. I'm excited because I like doing that and recognizing 20 authors. Yeah, that I remember I feel I Yeah, you, you just lives. don't know what in I'm going to do. And and whatever category I come up with, if I do Mm -hmm, it wrong, mm -hmm. I try it anyway. (laughs) What can I say? Yeah, 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 absolutely, Fran. But you know what it is? With this pandemic, and I say this before we find out where we can find about you more in your work, Mm -hmm. is that people need to start being kind. People need to start being nicer to people because if Mm -hmm. everybody did a kindness to everyone, then maybe the virus would realize you don't belong here, you're negative. And I had the saddest email this morning when I found out that Colin Powell died at ninety at eighty four yeah, from COVID. Yeah. That is the saddest. Mm-hmm. His and I say it yeah. because his uh, his nephew Randy was one of my students. Randy Powell oh, was really? my student. Yeah. Oh, what Yeah. It, um, I, just,
2: I just saw that. It said COVID yeah. complications. So I'm guessing that there was a lot of other issues that he probably had medically. Yeah. That, that you know, was like the straw almost. Um but yeah, it was very It was that was sad to see
0: that is sad because I think this virus has taken all the good people, and maybe it needs to take a hike somewhere else but before we start, I mean, where did, where yeah we, yeah, where do we find out more about you so everybody can uh get all your books and everything?
2: Sure, so um my website is my full name le dot com that's a good spot um I'm the same on Instagram. Um, and Facebook and on Twitter, I'm Lee Matthew G. Um, so any of those spots are good. And yeah, hit me up.
0: Well, thank you so much for brightening my morning. Really seriously. Oh, I'm glad
2: being here, friend. You,
0: you'll be you would be surprised how much cheering up this girl needs this week. What can I say? Good. Okay. But, uh, I'm uh, glad yeah. I could
2: do that absolutely.
0: November second, um, Lee will be there with Dick Belsky and oh, Dennis Palumbo and a whole bunch of other people.
1: Cool. It should be hmm. fun.
0: Five yeah, people yeah, to talk a, about.
1: This good is a topic group. Yeah. that bothers me that.
0: because I review books but I'm curious to know what other people do and what happens when you burn a book like I did last week and I look at it and go like oh, I actually have to read this. Oh my god, no. Yeah. And I won't yeah. write a negative review. And the book yeah. um was very well written, very humorous. I won't say the title, it's just that I disagreed with the whole premise that the author was saying. Mm-hmm. Literally disagreed happen. with yeah, um, there was a, It's a bad message to send out to people. So when uh, I wrote the review, I said the book is really great, blah blah blah. But there was a statement at the end that said, "Overachieving is overrated, and why bother? And mm, just mm. accomplishing something in college means nothing." And I answered it in the last sentence. I said, "I'm an overachiever, and I'm proud of myself, and I'm glad I did." And thirty six yeah, years of teaching yeah. in the New York City school system, I beg to right. differ.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I never. And they told me they told me it was one of the best reviews they ever got. <laughs> oh, okay. But it w- wasn't like I was telling yeah. God the book was the oh god the message was really bad. Right, right,
2: right. But, yeah.
0: So thank you so much, Lee. I am looking forward to having you on my show again. And when, as soon as anything comes out, make sure I get it because as soon as I get it, I move it to the top of my list because I need to read things that are good, people. Really.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So every- All right, I'll I'll keep you posted
0: that uh, please, everybody, it's a beautiful day outside. Everybody, say something nice to someone. I did this morning when somebody walked past me, I said, you look beautiful. And I don't even know the person. You just
1: feel mm-hmm. better
0: when you do something nice. And somebody said to me, you look really well with those colors. And I go, yeah, that's mm-hmm. supposed to me. So if everybody says something nice, then COVID-19 will realize you're not welcome here anymore. And I truly hope exactly. that God understands. That he that it no doesn't take anybody else. Lee, have a great day. Everybody stay safe. You too, Frank. All right. Take care.
1: Bye.